Good morning. On this bowl of question crunch, Jim Lugo is here to talk about producing so much amazing content and experiences, answering questions about role-playing games, plans for next week's Neotropolis, and the shenanigans of nightcrawlers in nerdy spaces. <laughs> Um, Jim, so you, I love following you on, that sounds creepy, I love following <laughs> you on social media, but you make so much content, you're always working, you're always doing more stuff. I, I admire that as, as being someone who loves, who's always working, who's always making, who's continuously posting on any, anything and everything. I admire seeing you do that and I totally empathize with you when you're like oh I am tired I'm like yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> what 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 motivates you that's pretty insane like I was looking at your list and there kept on being more projects um I think I'm addicted to projects I think the first off um when I find something that I really like I want to be a part of it I don't want to just attend it I want to like contribute to it and make stuff for it and I then get really inspired and have all these ideas for things that I can do to be a part of the things that I love um and then I just keep falling in love with different things <laughs> so I don't know if the motivation is anything beyond that but I am definitely addicted to uh participating and not just like attending things I think that that's how you keep things alive yeah for because sure. too many too many folks, like especially during Halloween season, uh, as as you know, time goes on, I keep seeing folks say, uh, "Man, Halloween wasn't what it used to be." I'm like, "But you, it's you. You have to actually make the thing happen, mm -hmm. and you can you can attend events. That's cool. But if you actually participate and you actually make things a part of that thing, that's how you keep that stuff alive. Mm. And I totally, as someone who because like I know you're gonna go to Neotropolis. I've never been to Neotropolis, and I'm really excited about going to that event. And uh, I can't wait because like I've seen you post about it, and I think it was last was it last you went to Neotropolis last year, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen posts about it, but I don't want I, I didn't really want to look too far into it because I can't go. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> do the same thing. But this year I'm excited about, so I'm like, I need to follow everything. I liked I. No, I was already following Nightcrawler, so now I'm gonna have more. I'm gonna pay more closer attention this time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but at, uh, I'm not familiar with Neotropolis enough to be a participant just yet. I'm gonna attend and mm -hmm. try to be involved. But uh, as someone who's attending, I'm really grateful and I appreciate all the work that you put into being part of the whole show, being part of the wheels, part of the cogs. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of your shows, when I was looking at all the stuff that you're involved in, there's uh, Good Berry Cafe. And I mm -hmm. think, uh, first of all, I love the name of that show. Okay. It reminds me of Gummy Berry Juice. And, I'm always... <laughs> and the artwork is just really calm and cool and just, uh, I don't know, I, I don't like it when it's, everything is high energy. So it's really cool seeing your posts because I'm like, cool, it's calmed down. What is Goodberry Cafe? Uh, 
It has changed. So I'll tell you where, what it started as, and then I'll tell you what we've made it into. Good. Um, I got a, I got cast on a show on Twitch for an actual play live D&D show. It was a brand new channel, and um, we started playing our game, and they wanted to start a interview show, a like talk show for the channel. Um, and one of the people who is helping lead the channel uh, asked me if I wanted to be a co-host for an interview show. And I interview in my daily life, in my day job, in my default world. So I was like, sure, that sounds fun. And I wanted to get more comfortable streaming and like being online because um, I'd never done it before. So I agreed to co-host. Uh, we had like two episodes, one episode, two episodes uh, before the person I was co-hosting with uh, had to leave due to personal reasons. And so suddenly I owned a show, an interview show. Um, I changed the name because I, I didn't like the original name. Uh, I wanted it to be more cute. So I asked some of my friends for like a cute D&D creative talk show name. I think it was my friend Sam who came up with Goodberry Cafe. So I can't take credit for it, but I really like it. Uh, and I just wanted it to be like a safe space where I got to chat with people about like the creative things they're passionate about. So not just D&D, but also um, things like Burning Man, Neotropolis, Wasteland, events. Um, I, I had plans to get a couple more different kinds of media on the show. Um, and I was doing it once every other week uh, through the course of almost a year, almost most of last year. I was doing interview shows and it was fun, but the idea of an interview show wasn't my idea to begin with. And I do interview Monday through Friday. I'm, I'm a talent acquisition manager. So uh, putting all that, that extra time into interviewing on my off hours, I was like, this isn't like, this isn't sparking joy to quit Marie Kondo. So uh, I wanted to this year. I pitched an idea to the channel that I'm still I'm still working with that uh, I switch it up a little bit. Um, through one of my interviews, I learned about the big wide world of tabletop games that I didn't actually know more than D and D. I'm still a baby in that world. Uh, so one of my interviewees introduced me to GMless games and all these different things that I never heard of, and I was like, wow, these all sound awesome. I want to play them. Uh, and so my new idea for Goodberry uh, since January has been, we're still at the cafe, but sometimes at the cafe you're playing games. So um, I invite guests on my show, it's the second Monday of the month, uh, to play different indie tabletop games. And the point is, these are games none of us have ever played before, so they're weird. And we are all learning together. And sometimes the rules of these like one page PDFs don't make sense. So on on live, we are figuring it out. We're like asking the chat. Uh, we are stumbling through it. I think we're making up our own rules as we go. But it's it, we've played three games so far or three sessions so far of the new Goodberry Cafe. And it's been so much fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's how it's evolved over time. And I think I'm much more happier with this this version of the cafe. Uh, it's currently bringing me joy. <laughs> I like the term default, my default life, my default work <laughs> life. I'm gonna, I think I might steal that. That's I, from uh, Burning Man. That's a Burning oh, Man terminology, okay. yeah. <laughs> Damn, because I, 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 I know you love Burning Man. 
Mm-hmm. I not necessarily have any interest in Burning Man, but who knows? Maybe Neotropolis will spark that right. world. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the default life, I'm like, all right. Because a lot of times when I tell people I'm a cartoonist, they're like, oh, do you do that for a living? I'm like, define a living. Because I feel like in this world, a living is a tricky thing to come by. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but default life, I dig it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it that you are do- you're doing new games. Because uh, I feel like a lot of people, when they do videos, they want to they, they show how easy it is to get into a game. Um, I like the idea of you guys stumbling through and you're making up your own rules as you're playing because I feel like that lets people know that it's not about perfection. It's not about you being like this masterful gamer. It's just mm-hmm. you being able to have fun with your friends. Yeah. I really don't think we played the first game we played. It was a game called Mage Against the Machine. I really don't think we played that right. <laughs> but uh it was really fun the way we did play it but like the rules were a little concerning at parts so have you thought about getting like uh the person or people who designed the game to play along we did tag him in a post <laughs> but he didn't respond they didn't respond <laughs> yeah well when we were promoting we we did try to tag the creator um but <laughs> aw i <laughs> i would have even if he did wrong and the creator's like uh, sorry, but I, I'd still enjoy that. I'd frame that. If someone mm-hmm. said, you did it wrong, I'm like, all right, cool, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't want to, like, uh, go back afterwards and kind of, I don't, I thought about it. It crossed my mind to reach out to ask, but I also didn't want to offend him, because on stream, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Maybe you shouldn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> then, then you can be uh, more critical about it if yeah. you play along. All right. Mm-hmm. You don't. You wouldn't want the crane to be like, uh, "Ouch!" All right, cool. Yeah. Nine games then. <laughs> no, I dig that. Um, and that is what was the what was the YouTube channel again that you're part that Goodberry is a part of because yeah. there's another show that you have on that. Yeah, New Age Geeks. New Age Geeks. Thank you. I was like, I knew <laughs> the acronym. I knew it was NAG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just couldn't remember what the acronym stood for. New Age Geeks. Another show that you do is uh, Forging Fates. That is an awesome show. I was watching a little bit of it on YouTube when I was getting ready for this interview. And uh, I love the epic music. The epic, the music was getting me really into it. I was surprised because I'm not necessarily a person that watches a lot of uh, role-playing games online virtually when it's actually being conversed and acted out. But that was a lot of fun. That, again, again... It's not a world I thought I'd be interested in, but now I'm feeling like I could be. <laughs> so what is Forging Fates? What's the story? Sure. So it is set in the critical role world, which is instantly caught my eye when I applied to audition for it. Um, and I think we're still figuring out where it's going. I definitely don't know. We were pitched on d and D. 5e adventure in the space in the critical role world um we had really long character development sessions with the gm made a really long audition process to begin with and um sorry my dog just jumped in my laundry bin (laughs) okay uh and uh it's just been us adventuring i don't know how to describe what it is other than it's a live play DD show oh it's got high role play high adventure high emotions actually so far it's been really fun um yeah <laughs> i thought it was music because i watched the you video on youtube and i it was like 
and where's Whisper? And I saw you, you're, you're, you in the corner and you're like still in bed. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It has been great to be able to role play my character and dive into my character in a deeper way than I think I have in any of my other games that I've played in. When I see you get all in costume, it's been like uh, following you on social media on Instagram and TikTok has been uh, an absolute delight because I just love it how far into your character you go. She's my baby. <laughs> she, she is my favorite character. She is not allowed to die. I will rebirth her in another cam- in, in another campaign if that happens. But <laughs> I was worried about that because I think you even posted on uh, a stats like I think I'm gonna die. I'm like no, don't. Yeah. Spoiler alert, she died twice in that episode. She went unconscious twice. And I really thought I rolled like two two death saves. And I was like, I really think this might be the end of Whisper. And I was joking when I thought my character would die today. <laughs> and were you able to be resurrected? Or yes. Spoiler alert, she she's alive. She's brought back. She's okay. not happy. She's going through it. But <laughs> What was the audition process like? You said it was a long one. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I... Uh, last year, I I challenged myself to like lean into the chaos and like just try new things. So I saw this post on Facebook in one of the various Dungeons and Dragons groups that I'm in, and it was like looking for a cast for a new D and D show on a new Twitch channel. Um, fill out this form and apply. And I and I was like without even thinking about it, I was like, yes, this is leaning into the chaos. Let's do it. <laughs> so we. We sent in our applications and we were invited to join this Discord and the the audition process was a series of one shots. So you figured out which one shot you could join as a player and you signed up for that one shot. You were in that group and then uh, the DM left, led, I think he led six or of the same one shots over and over again uh, with all the different people who are di- were auditioning. Um, and my one shot was really fun. I was leaning. I did play Whisper in the one shot, uh, and I was leaning into the role play aspect of it. And uh, right after the right after the audition one shot, uh, the DM messaging was like, "Hey, do you got time to, for a check in?" And I was like, "Oh, we we loved it. We loved everything you brought to it. Uh, we'd love to have you um, move move forward or move on to the next stage." And we thought there was going to be more stages, but I think you just picked the cast at that point. <laughs> I I think that's awesome. Um, I love this kind of era of uh, storytelling. And I feel like whenever uh, one of my friends is like, oh, I need to get into acting, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of live role-playing stuff going on. And I think it's pretty amazing, uh, a pretty amazing opportunity for actors to do that kind of work and to experiment with uh, role-playing and creating a character and experience the character and just staying in character. Every time I talk to an actor, I'm always really surprised at being able to stay in character throughout the whole thing. <laughs> I definitely couldn't. Uh, no. I feel like I would drop the voice at, at, at the... <laughs> I'd be like, all right, here's a few sentences of the character I know, and then I'd be done. I'm yeah. good. That's why I have to do like these really elaborate backstories for my characters, and that's what helps me stay in character, and especially if it's like a, a time when I'm in a, in a high role-playing game like the one I'm in. Uh, I write six pages or so of backstory, and that's what really brings the character to life. If I was just had to act on 
a blurb I was given, I would need to flesh that out for myself, even if it doesn't go anywhere, because otherwise I'm I'm done. I can't I can't do it. I'll fall out of character too easily. Is the backstory is the backstory available for other people to read? Yeah, maybe if the campaign is done. <laughs> There's okay. too many secrets. <laughs> nope, that's that's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, I I dig that. Uh, so it, so it will be available at some point. Yes. If okay. We ever, if we finish this campaign, we'll see. <laughs> if you finish the game. <laughs> yeah. I I have friends who uh do a are, are doing a lost podcast and I think it's still going. But I told them that I have a better ending than that show ended with. And I'll, you know what? Tell you what, when you're done with the podcast, I will draw it in comic book form and oh, yes. send it to you guys. I but I don't know it. if you're going to get through all the seasons. So I'm like, all right, well, then I'll just wait till you're done, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Lost was a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, I understand the if, because you don't know <laughs> if the uh, desire to keep it going will stay strong mm -hmm. but uh how long has the campaign been you because i think you posted about like a year ago right are you at the one year we are hitting our one year in april actually we're gonna have like a story so far episode where we'll talk about we'll recap some things we're starting some new shows also we're not we'll announce that in april um for the channel so yeah april will be one year playing forging Fates. has it been the same campaign the whole year mm -hmm. Oh. And we are, apparently we just, our DM just said, we have just gotten through the prologue and we are entering the first, like, arc. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I, so I don't listen to Critical Role. I don't watch the Critical Role. But I do watch Vox Machina. Mm -hmm. And it's been pretty amusing because one of my buddies is watching along with us. And he's like, uh, he, he said that he felt like the plot was going really fast in the show because a story will that lasted like weeks are, are is being done in like two episodes. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm don't I don't think I have the patience for a campaign. <laughs> to be playing or to listen to one? Both. <laughs> oh. I don't know. It's more fun to play. But I said the same thing. Like I the the whole reason I, I am now unhealthily obsessed with critical role is during the pandemic my partner would be listening like when we were stuck not doing anything he'd be listening to critical role and i'd be like i don't understand how you can listen to people play tabletop or like D, &D tabletop rpgs i don't understand how you can just listen and and this is so boring to me and then i was sitting there like doing work one day and i something was happening and he was listening to it and and suddenly i was like oh no what happened because uh, i missed something i was like subconsciously listening that whole time and now i was invested in these characters and then that was it's all downhill from that point. Now I'm obsessed. And now I can listen to campaigns. And I didn't think it was possible, but it is now. <laughs> I think that that's actually really, uh, I don't know, that's an encouraging story. Because <laughs> I, I, many, many years ago, um, I was not interested in Bob's Burgers whatsoever. The mm -hmm. animation was not for me. I just didn't care. I, I had no interest in starring that show. Then I, I got food poisoning. And I was stuck in bed, and I was like, "Let I just let Hulu play whatever it wants to play for me. I didn't really care. I just want to lie here and die as I watch as I watch Hulu." And Hulu started playing uh, Bob's Burgers for me, and that's how I got <laughs> interested. And now, like with D and D, I'm obsessed with that show to the point where I watch it religiously, and I watch the movie 
a few times every month, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's exposure. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's this that that's a sign of a that's that is why why that show has such a big fan base is because it is addictive. All you have to do is have the willingness to uh, be uh, exposed to it. Mm. Yeah. Which sounds <laughs> like every drug dealer's goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it once. <laughs> yeah. I get you don't like the smell of this drug, but you know, just just take it once. <laughs> <laughs> yep. D and D, not even once. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Whisper. Uh, what? So you designed Whisper all on your own, right? Yeah. How did that process, if you if you don't mind me asking, I don't want you to give, say, secrets on character building, but... Oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, so Whisper, I cheated a little bit with Whisper in this campaign and that she was a character that I have in a home game. Um, and it diff- a little bit different because the game that we play on Forging Fates is sponsored by the Phoenix. Uh, it's a sober living community. So um, the game we play on Forging Fates is a dry game. Um, there's no taverns or alcohol mentioned. It's all inns and food and stuff. So it's just removed from the game uh, because we wanted to show a another avenue towards geeky, sober living, uh, which is great. But I, love, with- <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt right now, but I just think that's so awesome. Um, I am a big fan of alcohol, but sobriety is so cool. And I love the idea of another you don't it doesn't always have to be about alcohol it doesn't always have to be about inebriation so that's really amazing okay continue sorry (laughs) (laughs) um well i was just gonna say whisper in my home game that sadly we don't play that often because you know how hard it is to get six adults to schedule in their in their 30s and 40s to meet at the same time it's really hard um but that home game she is a different a little bit different of a backstory and um definitely a bit of a mess once she discovered happy juice but that's become like a part of her character <laughs> she's um and she is just she is a chaotic elf druid who is bad at being an elf elves are sp- supposed to be like graceful and delicate and she is not she is just a mess um she is not good at being a druid her wild shape doesn't work right uh she's stumbled kind of stumbled into her powers and she's just trying to trying to get by um but she acts first maybe thinks later um she is perpetually hungry and just like impulsive and when i created her i created her and this is going to sound bad given all of the bad characteristics i just said about her when i created her i created her as kind of an aspirational version of myself um personality-wise, and, like, I am very reserved, and I am social anxiety, and I'm, like, afraid to talk to people, and I struggle, and I'm an introvert, and I wanted to play a character and step into a character that was the opposite of all those things. Like, she doesn't think about things forever. She doesn't get stuck in analysis paralysis. She doesn't plan. She's just all cylinders firing, living life, shooting for adventure um and so stepping into her has been really really fun and yeah even all the bad parts it's been uh, a great great way to build a character and play a character 
do you find that uh, being able to put on this mask of a different character has been helping you to uh, be closer to that character? Yeah, uh, so funny story. Um, I, as you, you know, I go to Burning Man almost every year. Uh, it'll, I've been six or seven years now. Uh, wow. One of the things that, that I get into my head a lot when I go to Burning Man is that I struggle to talk to people. Uh, and to like meet people and get out of my shell like I want to meet everyone but I struggle with that initial like walking up to somebody and saying hello thing I need I need to be approached and then I'm I'm more comfortable but like at Burning Man there's so many people that I would and things that I would love to experience but like that initial hurdle of entering the conversation and the communication I struggle with and then after the week is over I'm like man I wish I did that and I get FOMO because I didn't step out of my shell enough to go go after that so this past year at Burning Man last year uh, I never had a Burning Man name which is like a whole other thing but you you got like a name at Burning Man normally other people give it to you uh, but this past year at Burning Man I was like you know what I'm naming myself because I think everyone always always thought that Jem was my burner name but it's not it's my real name uh, so I'm like I'm naming myself I'm going to say that my burner name is Whisper because like in the hopes of tricking my mind to step into her with all of the social situations that I jump into. Um, I think it helped, but also this fast burn was like really difficult for other reasons, but uh, that was the goal. And I think I'm gonna stick with it and like have Whisper be my Burning Men name from now on. I'm all for that. Cause I feel like uh, I, you, you said that other people have to give you the Burning name. I think that that is a hell of a thing to give, a hell of a anxiety trip to give to people who are introverted. <laughs> I like because, like, you know, then then if you don't get a name, you're like, oh, I failed at Burning Man. Or, <laughs> I, and I like the idea of you being able to be like, no, I'll, I'll just I'll just do it myself. Mm. <laughs> cool. I'm I'm all for that. I'm I like to I, I like hearing about that. Um, and it did, it helped, right? You were able to talk to other people? I think it did. I really think it did. Um, unfortunately, the weather at Burning Man last year was the worst I've seen in all, I'm going to count now, 15, 16, <laughs> all six years that I've been to Burning Man, it was the worst. Um, so keeping your camp safe and then getting out of the camp to to adventure was actually just really hard. Uh, so I didn't have as many opportunities as I wanted to, to like fully live the whisper life out there. Uh, but I think it did help in the, in the spaces that I was in, tricking myself to, to be extroverted. I know that uh, my friends who go to Wasteland Weekend, they, uh, they said that they saw someone who they knew via me and they're like, oh, we thought about saying hi, but we didn't. I'm like, why not? Just go say, well, I, hearing you talk about your own experiences of having difficulty starting a conversation, and I'm just like, oh man, when I go to Neo, I'm gonna meet everyone. I want, I want to <laughs> meet everyone. I yeah. like meeting new people. I am, I am extrovert. Uh, what's the term? In, extroverted introvert. Where if you give me a corner to hide in, I'll hide in the corner. Unless meeting new people is part of the plan. If it's part mm -hmm. of the plan, then I can do it. <laughs> See, I, I love meeting new people, but I the whole whisper tricking myself was because I realized if I'm playing a role, I have no problem talking to people. So even over the role of like party host, 
I, I host parties and I have no problem talking to people who come to my parties. Why is that different than me just going out somewhere? I don't know. It's because I'm in that stepping into the that character of a party host or I'm stepping into the character of uh, a, a doctor at Neotropolis or whatever I'm playing uh, or a museum curator. So I have no problem talking to people when, when I have a job or a role, but if I'm just being myself, that's when I struggle. <laughs> I think having a job or a role is part is it goes along with my part of the plan mm -hmm. because like uh, when I go to an event and like for example Neotropolis again I know I want to meet new people so I will start to have conversations with them but if I go to a bar with my friend and I'm there specifically just to hang out with my friend and someone new joins in on the conversation I'm just like uh, excuse me um, <laughs> you're not part of the plan I don't want to. <laughs> I don't know how cool you are, and you might say something I don't agree with, and I don't want to have to deal with that nonsense. Mm. Versus, uh, again, Neotropolis. Uh, I know that, <laughs> for the most part, I think that out uh, outside the outside world and all of its politics and bigotry will, for the most part, be in the backstage when in Neotropolis. I, I hope. <laughs> I hope that's how it is. Well, Neotropolis is funny in that. Yes, the bigotry and stuff won't be a part, but capitalism is alive and well in cyberpunk dystopia. So hey. <laughs> it's in theme. <laughs> I know I'm uh, I am because like I have friends who have gone and they are all getting ready and I've, I'm in a bunch of I'm, I'm in one group. I'm not going to say a bunch of groups. I'm in one group and I saw everyone getting ready for barter and I'm like, cool. I'm going to do drawings. <laughs> that's the coolest barter. That's the coolest barter. That's a really invaluable. That's a great, great choice. <laughs> uh, I am actually getting the label, label paper to draw and let people make stickers out of the monsters that they make me draw. So cool. So I'm pretty excited about that. That's so do, cool. Do you have any barter plans? You, oh, I don't want you to spoil anything. Uh, well, <laughs> I, oh, I have ideas that I want to do. I just got, I just bought a laser cutter. <laughs> and so I have to get it working safely and then I want to make little nightcrawler uh chips or something with it to barter with our like jewelry I have some ideas but we will see because we are hitting like 30 days or so until Neo and there's a lot to do I saw you post about how you don't like countdowns oh. I don't either nope nope <laughs> every time every time a photo shows up with a number I'm like shut up just shut up. <laughs> yeah, I think the one yesterday I saw the countdown because somebody on the Neotropolis page posts uh, the countdown every day. And I think it hit 39. I was like, I don't like seeing that three. <laughs> yeah, stop that. <laughs> I, I hate countdowns. I get it. I understand the deadline. I'm better with a deadline. I know the date is there. I don't need re constant reminders that the deadline is coming. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think I that's still different. Get, uh, if you're if you're like planning something for it versus just attending, then that countdown gives you excitement. But if you're planning as much as I am, that countdown is stress. <laughs> see that countdown that we just had for the podcast. I get that. I understand that because then at least uh, I know the pacing of the conversation. But when it comes to a countdown of something so far away, um, it's not that far away, but so far away. <laughs> In a sense that I do have time to work on stuff, and I work better. I work better on uh, when I start panicking, but I don't want the panic throughout the whole <laughs> time. Any panicking? But <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Back to Whisper. Uh, <laughs> if Whisper were suddenly transported into any 80s fantasy movie, which one would you pick? Now, I said 80s, but we can do 90s if you want. I'm, I'm not really that particular about time period. But just a movie. What fantasy movie? So I wanted to say Dark Crystal, but that's actually a really dark world. Like, it's a good movie and good, like, stories. But I don't think I would go with that because that, that world is just sad and depressing. Uh, I might have okay, I might have to go with Willow. Ooh. Yeah. That's I think she would rock that, that universe. She would kill it there. Where would she be in that universe? Um, I think... Oh, man. I just watched Willow for the first time. I know I'm cheating because I wanted to w watch the Disney series and understand what was happening. Um, I don't know. She'd probably be in one of the cities somewhere. <laughs> I, th I feel like she would travel. She wouldn't be one of those uh, the people that never travel anywhere. I don't know the names of any of the communities in Willow, but I think out of out of the 80s fantasy movies that I can think of, she would fit in and find a way to have some fun most in the Willow universe. I have been obsessed with that movie since I was a child. Mm -hmm. um, my grandparents had me watch Willow. Um, I did watch a series. Uh, what, did you watch a series? I did. What are your thoughts? I am, unpopular opinion, I loved it. I <laughs> did not love it <laughs> well okay now let me take that back let me take that back because i really enjoyed the series i really yeah. legitimately enjoyed the series i knew from the get-go right from the first episode that it was not going to be like the movie i'm fine with that because i get it that the audience that they were going up with because in the movie everyone's clothes are that everyone's clothes look pretty much the same for every character because it was supposed to be realistic where it was just what you could get with in the real in that world Mm -hmm. this one was every character had their own specific color their own specific style and it was supposed to appeal to younger folks who are just discovering D&D &D, and yeah. every character had their own class their own style everything and I enjoyed it I really did I thought that the visuals were amazing um and you said you loved it I I not like the best show and it wasn't the best written but I did yeah. enjoy it enjoy it was a good way of putting it yeah I enjoyed the ride um, I thought that everyone in that film, everyone in that show was uh, incredibly attractive. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I love the whole Kit storyline. Yeah. Uh, I love that storyline too. I really did. That was, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say refresh. Well, it was refreshing, but it was just organic is what I want to say. Uh, it felt right. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but the, the tall dude. Or yes, B. Is it B? Or? No, it begins with B. I think border, burden, word. I can't remember, but yeah, that guy, the mm -hmm. guy with the meat cleaver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he was just incredibly attractive, and then in that episode where he takes off his shirt, I'm like, calm down, buddy. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, he he was pretty fit, and I should have just known that he's going to have the muscles to match, but <laughs> I'm not ready for that scene. <laughs> um, I actually followed a lot of the actors on that show just because I did... Yes, you're right. It was not the best written show, 
but I loved all the performances, and it actually did look like everyone was having a good time on the show. So, I don't know. I kind of appreciate that. I appreciate it for what it's worth. Yeah. I liked seeing um, that one girl, again, who was also in Star Wars. Uh, I think her name is Jade in the show. I'm bad the, redhead, the redhead girl. Um, yes, her name was Jade in the show, but she was also in Mandalorian? Uh, no, she was in Solo. Oh, Solo, yes. Yes. Uh, she was in Solo, she was in uh, um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and she was also in The Green Knight. Uh, you might, you might like the, I think you might like Green Knight. Have you seen the, do you know anything about the Green Knight? Mm-mm. The Green Knight is an old story, uh, like King Arthur kind of story and a Camelot kind of story. Oh, yeah. Very, uh, very strong fantasy, very hard fantasy. Um, and I say hard fantasy because it's very, it's not, it's not a fun story. It's very taxing and emotionally draining and uh the way it's written is very old so you don't it's not like a cookie cutter kind of plot that you'd see in most movies it's very weird but i highly recommend it because i thought that the visuals were gorgeous that's another thing i'll say about the willow series the visuals are gorgeous i thought if they went to it was amazing yeah definitely agree and visuals got me too i'm like i'm a huge fan of cinematography in general i agree i think that that <laughs> i'm an easy sell like the moment <laughs> i see like some something pretty i'm like okay <laughs> yep um i because like i did on tiktok i did draw because like i was getting really excited about the willow series so i drew willow and mad martigan uh in a tiktok and i i'm pretty confident that i want to draw all the characters in their own little drawing for a tiktok because i just i <sighs> I know that the show is not the best, but I still really enjoyed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. But I I see the hate it gets and it makes me sad. <laughs> they I did like the cover of Black Hole Sun they had in one of the episodes. I was mm-hmm. surprised because I I did not recognize it for Black Hole Sun immediately, but I knew the words. And I'm like, what is this song? I know every. <laughs> um, I <laughs> I I keep. When you brought up Willow, the, the movie Willow, and putting Whisper in it, I'm I'm just picturing Whisper in the fight scene with Mad Mardigan and the the big drag the troll that turns into a dragon. <laughs> yeah, I I heard that the show was canceled. Willow, the the show was canceled, and I'm like, mm. I've seen conflicting reports. I'm not sure if it's a myth or not. Like I heard, I saw a bunch of things reporting that it was canceled and then I saw like a comment that's like the showrunner said that this is a myth and I'm like I I haven't I have not had the time or energy to go back to double check that one yet I I think it's real only because I've seen some of the actors express that it's real Uh, okay like I I saw uh Warwick Davis's daughter say I enjoyed my time it's a bummer that's already done Oh, I was hoping it was Lemay. We'll see. We'll see. Because, yeah. I don't know, I feel like we live in a really weird time where people will lie to either make a show more popular to get to get the fan base really ravenous and make it happen. I don't know. Because I feel like uh, the show Gallivant was going to be canceled <sighs> very short. 
Oh, what a good show. <laughs> it was a fantastic show, but I'm just, I, I don't know. I thought they wrapped it up really nicely and I'm okay with two seasons. Yeah. Same. Although I still think that, uh, I still, oh, I still hope <laughs> that out of nowhere, they'll decide to make a movie. Yes, please. Because I keep picturing like, uh, cause we, we saw at the end, um, what's his name? I'm blanking on names. I can't believe it. But I, I, I just feel like they should be fighting her as she gets more powerful, the, the evil queen. Yeah. I want her become, like, super evil and them having to go get Galavant to fight her. I mean, it could be a movie. I would be fun. Yeah. It would be... Um, what is the drag? I love the, the lizard dragon pet thing. I, I love so much about that show. That show did not get enough love or attention that it needed. It's Tad Cooper, right? Yes, it's Tad Cooper, yes. I can't believe I can't remember anyone's name except for Gallivant and Tad Cooper, because yep. I believe in Tad Cooper. Yes. <laughs> That's, that is strange. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't notice. I remember the dragon's name until you brought him up. I was like, oh, I know that one. All right, cool. Because <laughs> it's such a weird name for a dragon. <laughs> uh you did post, I remember seeing you post saying that um, that you really enjoy role-playing in person, face-to-face -face with folks. What makes role-playing in person different from virtual? Oh, man. Communication. So, in Forging Fates on, on our online game, we've been playing for a year now, and I feel like we're just now getting into how to communicate virtually where we're not we, we still do it, but much less, uh, not jumping over each other, because, uh, you know, you're still always at a delay on a webcam, um, not jumping over each other, um, trying to pick up communication signals. And it's just so much easier when you're in person to see those nonverbal things, like when somebody's going to speak or to have like nonverbal bits of communication or role play that you can interact with as your character. Like I'm over here when I play Whisper, I do do a lot like of full body things, but nobody sees it because they see this little square of my head. Um, but in person, like I feel like that's just so much more emotive. Uh, and I feel like it's easier to have those role play moments. You have to step, you have to suspend, you have to suspend belief a lot more through a webcam than uh, in person when you're you're just sitting at a table you can reach out and like grab someone's shoulder when you're trying to comfort them, things like that. Like it really makes a difference. And I wish, I wish my game, we, we are from all over the United States. So um, playing in person is, is probably a pipe dream, but um, I wish we could play in person. I, I was going to say that too, because I feel like I do like, I do like being in a room with someone because it is easier when you're doing it virtually you 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 can only have like one conversation happening at one time versus when you're in person you can have multiple conversations going on mm -hmm. and no one you're, you you can listen to multiple conversations at the same time yeah but virtually i get to talk to people all over the world there's no gas being wasted there's no time there's no travel time there's just a here's where we will be uh let's all be at the same time let's all click on this link at the same time or we're all good yeah that's how our, my game can play. It's because some of us are in New York or Minnesota, like here. Um, does that have any effect on the lag being so spread out? No, 
it's I feel like everyone's got a pretty good connection that has helped with that. It does affect the time zones and how late we can play because most of them are on the East Coast. Um, so that's that makes me sad because I'll be like, after our sessions, I'll be like, oh man, let's talk about it. And then one of our players is like, I go to work in four hours. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what 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 time was it at night where you're just like, oh, let's let's hang out. Let's actually cool. And, uh... For me, it's like nine, but for them, oh. it's like midnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know when I was doing a project for my buddy in Ireland, I was like, uh, that's, that's an eight plus time mm -hmm. difference. And I'm like, oh, having a, conver having a conversation with, with him is weird because I usually stay up till about 4 a.m. And that's when I can message him and know that he'll respond. But every now and then I'm like, uh, I'll message him at... I know, 2 p.m. and I'll forget that it's no, no, that's still 10 p.m. That's not a good, that's not a good comparison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 6 p.m. Let's do 6 p.m. When I message him at 6 p.m. and I'm like, oh wait, no, he should be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I had mentioned earlier in this episode about Nightcrawlers, and I, when I saw Nightcrawlers on your Facebook profile, I. Uh, I think you, no, did you mention on it? I think you mentioned on it. I don't know. I was looking at everything to find out uh, more about what, uh, to know everything that you work on. Yeah. And one of the things that came up was Nightcrawlers, and I was like, oh, I gotta go like it. And I clicked on the link, and I'm like, oh, I already like it. Awesome. <laughs> so, what is Nightcrawlers? Ooh, what a, what a question. Um, Nightcrawlers is growing. It is currently, in its current state, a art collective uh, where we host theme camps at multiple different events. Um, Nightcrawlers has evolved so much and it has so much more evolving to do going forward. Uh, but it started as a convention party group um, because at night you crawl around looking for parties. Um, so um, I started a convention party group for the so SoCal anime nerd convention scene called Convention Nightcrawlers. And that sort of like started organically building its own kind of community within it. Um, and then I started throwing the whole, if nobody's throwing parties, where do you go? Uh, so I started throwing my own parties with the group. Uh, and then they'd be like nightcrawler parties. And um, at the same time, I, I was really involved with that. I was also still attending, going to Burning Man, running, running some events out of a camp that I used to be a part of. Um, but my goal with Burning Man was to find the nerds, find other people like me, and I knew they were out there. So I wanted to start uh, an event on a camp and eventually have my own place that's like a nerd camp at Burning Man. Um, so I met some people through the convention party group that were interested in attending a local regional Burning Man event, which is the San Diego Regional Utopia, with me for the Nightcrawlers first ever mini theme camp so it's like a mini version of burning man uh where we went out we worked on a project together i introduced 12 people to camping uh, and this community for the first time uh, and we made some magic and uh, it was very successful and it made me know that i could be a theme camp leader and i can i can do these sorts of things and so nightcrawlers has grown from that first event in 2017 now we we are theme camps at four different events. Um, there's Utopia, Wasteland Weekend, there's Nuclear Nightcrawlers, uh, 
Neotropolis is Nightcrawler's corporation, which will be introduced to this year. And uh, at the actual Burning Man event, I started my own camp in 2019. Uh, and we are now an official Burning Man camp place. And last year we, we attended for our second year, we grew more and it's been wonderful. And we, we have slowly since 2017 been building up this community of like really creative, amazing people that are willing to, this is all volunteer stuff, like willing to take time out of their lives to make magic. Um, and I'm so grateful for the people that I found and this year, hope, we're hoping to step into even more areas. Um, like I submitted an application to be an art, have an art installation at um, 626 Night Market this summer, uh, which would be Nightcrawler's first public facing thing that's not like at an event itself. Um, because that's where I want to grow. It's like I, I see uh, the magic that we can build up these events and I want to build it for the public too. Um, and I think we have such creative minds and so many different skills as a part of the Nightcrawlers team right now that it's only going to go up from here. I want to verbally uh, volunteer for any shenanigans that you have planned. If you need artwork, let me know. Yeah, of course. Always, always accepting more Nightcrawlers. Because <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, I feel like... <laughs> Whenever I volunteer for a thing, people say, like, oh, shouldn't you get paid? Shouldn't you do it on a commission basis? I'm like, yeah, but sometimes, you know, you get to decide what you do for free. And if it's for a good cause, as is, because, like, you're right. Everyone is doing this volunteer because we see an event that could be fun and we want to make fun happen for other people. That's when you have to, you, you have to <laughs> do the work. You have to make it happen. Otherwise, uh, things die. Shows and events die. You have to be a part of the magic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's incredibly awesome of you and uh, incredibly awesome of all the artists that you have recruited in, the, in your shenanigans. Great. Couldn't do it without, without them. <laughs> uh, what kind of, sh uh, speaking of shenanigans that you do, what, does what do Nightcrawlers do? Do you have games or is it just like a location or do you have events like things to do? So it really depends on the event. Um, it start we we specialize in immersive experiences, uh, and that's been our shtick since 2017. 2017, I can say we, what we started with, and then uh, that that sets the tone for the kinds of things that we build. Um, so 2017, we the theme of the San Diego Regional that year was iRobot or something about robots, um, and so we decided to build a. Museum of Humanity. So it was set a museum, an Android museum set in the distant future uh, that featured the rise and fall of humanity. And all of us, when we were in camp, we pretended to be androids and we guided people through this curated museum exhibit that, you know, in the distant future, some of the files got a little corrupted. So uh, the rise and fall of humanity as told by androids with corrupted files was just a trip. And um, People could come into our museum that we built and and look at the exhibits and 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 play with weird human artifacts uh, and um, then take a memento, which was a Polaroid, a human memento at the end of the exhibit. Uh, so we we created this space that when you walk in, the whole goal is when you walk into the space, I want you to feel like you're not just walking through the campgrounds anymore. You are. You're interacting with actors. You're you're 
stepping into a story that you're learning about as you go through. And that's like, I, I'm obsessed with immersive experiences. So um, those are the kinds of things that we like to create. And uh, at Neotropolis, which is coming up, we run a emotion spa. So um, in the distant dystopian cyberpunk future, isn't it really hard to feel something real? So why don't you come into one of our emotion immersion booths and we will we will immerse you in a multi-sensory experience that'll allow you to feel something real. Um, one of our emotions on our menu for the day. So you'll definitely have to come check it out. Uh, we are I'm, upgrading this year. I am looking forward to that. I really am. I'm every time I see a photo, uh, cause I want to hit the ground running as far as like my exposure to Neotropolis. And that's why I started doing the backstory in comic form and having volunteers volunteer to be backgrounds. Because I feel like uh, showing off what I can do as far as artistry is the easiest way to make quick friends. <laughs> For sure. And I did. I, I've gotten uh, I've gotten friends from Neotropolis, and I've gotten follows on Instagram because I've been doing this project. I'm like, cool, mission accomplished. Yeah. So if it works out at the show, I think it's going to work out. I did know I've had friends who went to the previous Neotropolis, and they said that it was raining pretty heavily. And uh, this year... <laughs> This year has had a lot of rain, so we'll see how it's going to be. Yeah, last year was hard. Well, last year was the first Neo ever, and yeah. nobody knew what they were getting into. But also nobody knew what that area camping was like in April. Like, you could, you can read weather reports, but you don't, like, you don't know exactly how a certain temperature will feel in the middle of the desert. And so it was cold way colder than I planned. I thought it was going to be. It was raining. And nobody knew what they were doing, but everyone really brought it last year. So I can't, I am so excited to see how everyone upgrades this year. Because uh, I, I, so it was cold, but I, I saw a lot of people were showing a lot of skin. It was, they were still going for it. I mean, I brought all waste. So Wasteland is hot and it's in the same area where Wasteland is. So yeah. I was like, oh, it's the desert. And I looked at the weather and I was like, it doesn't seem like it's getting that cold. Uh, and so every outfit I had was as if I'm in the desert in the summer. And I was not prepared for the cold, but that's what I had. So the the days were still high, but the nights were very, very cold. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is I should uh, definitely be armed with whiskey? <laughs> whiskey and a fur coat and you're, you're set. Cool. <laughs> Cool. I, I don't know. I, I It takes a lot to make me cold. I'm, I just always generate heat. But uh, I just remember one time I went to a Renaissance Fair when I was really young, uh, definitely over 21. And uh, someone gave me a swig of whiskey. And because uh, that, that year when I was back in Glen Helen, it rained. It rained on us on like the first day of the Renaissance Fair. And I was shivering. And someone's like, here, try this. I was like, uh, what is it? It's like whiskey. It's like, oh, I've never had whiskey. I've heard about it on movies. And so I took a drink and I'm like, Wow, and it immediately made me like <laughs> in I was immune to cold when I had that shot of whiskey. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't think that whiskey's <laughs> cold immunity is as potent as it once was when I was younger and have never had anything to drink before. <laughs> um it's funny because this this question I have for you uh was actually mostly easter uh inspired because uh this episode will be coming out i think i think this episode comes out just before neotropolis but i'm also thinking about easter 
I forget what day Easter is, but what are some songs you put on a playlist for a bunny-themed party? And I also ask that because I do think that you're amazing at organizing themed events. You said it's all about immersive, and you said, why can't, you know, can I just get a job where I do this the whole time? And I really want to try to find a way to get you that job because I think <laughs> that you'd be amazing at it. So if your party is bunny-themed or Easter-themed, I could have just clarified Easter-themed, but I went with bunny-themed. So what would be on the playlist? All right. It's funny, also funny you're asking this because at Neotropolis, I... My character is a cyber bunny girl. Um, her name's Playmate, and um, she's got a whole backstory. But she is hosting this year at Neotropolis a cyber bunny girl meetup. And so I was already looking up bunny girl songs and like things to play at the meetup. Um, it's probably going to be like during the daytime, like two hours or so. And I realized while I was looking up that bunny themed songs that are out there are mostly terrible like I'm very oh. disappointed you'd think that there'd be a lot better bunny like songs about bunny girls but it's pretty rough it's it's pretty sparse out there um I found a couple of good ones there's one called bad little bunny by stupid goldfish it's like an EDM banger um and then there was like a really good like EDM version of white rabbit by Jefferson Airplane um, like cover, remix, whatever you call it, uh, that I found. But most of the songs were really bad. That's and a so bummer. I think I'd have to do like uh, anime, well, like if I'm feeling like a bunny girl theme, which I know you said bunny themes, but I'm making it bunny girl. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'd lean into the like anime inspired beats sort of thing. That's disappointing because I feel like with all the, no, no, you're not disappointed. The idea that all, <laughs> All the songs are pretty lame as far as the bunny theme because I feel like uh, bunnies and rabbits are just really we we have so many stories and so much it, it uh, lucky rabbit's foot uh, the rabbit out of a hat um, uh, the tortoise and the hare I feel like there's I can I you know, I I feel like there should be more songs based on rabbits and bunnies I do too. And I was very disappointed, and I sat through like a long list of songs with bunny or rabbit in their title, and I didn't find that many good ones. Well, this next week, I'm going to devote so much <laughs> of my time trying to find. There's got it's got to be out there. There's got to be some. Yeah, I even I even went to started doing like a lyrics hunter thing because I was like, okay, maybe bunny or rabbit isn't in the name song title, uh, but maybe if I search like bunny in a lyrics search and it kept, it was kept coming up with like the really terrible um it's like the tiktok rap songs but you know how you know the style of like tiktok rap songs yes some of them are really good but there's a, been a flood of music that sounds like that that isn't as good as the ones that are good and i feel like a lot of them are the ones that have come up when I'm searching bunny or bunny girl. And I'm just, I'm, it's sad. <laughs> That's a bummer. I feel, I feel, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong, but I feel like <laughs> I should be able to find a bunch of really like old, creepy, uh, vintage, like 1920s songs about bunnies and rabbits. And if you put that with a techno beat, you got a song. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Hear that producers. <laughs> That's my yeah. theory. I'm probably wrong about that, but we'll see. We'll see. 
And if it's 1920s, I'm sure it's like filled with racism and misogyny. So, <laughs> um, I saw because I, I was looking at the schedules for Neotropolis, and my friend warned me about uh, what's it called, like Zone 66 or something? Outpost 66. Outpost 66. Yeah. They said I should stay away from that on Thursday because you have a cyberpunk circus, and there's waifu clowns. Oh yeah, no. I heard. I heard no. that's happening. Uh, it's not waifu. Hold on, is it what? No, kawaii. That's the term I was looking for. Kawaii clowns. <laughs> no, thank you. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I if if they if they lean further into just characters with bright colored makeup, maybe. But if they're too clown like, then I will avoid it. I'll be yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> I think my friend is performing in that. She, my my friend's um, booth is in Outpost 66. Um, she runs the the hentai lounge and cafe. I drew them. Yeah. Your yep, friend Sam. Yeah, she's also she's a nightcrawler. <laughs> okay, good because I drew you two dancing together in yeah. that first page, and I didn't know if you were friends. My best, yes, she is. She's actually. Uh, the, she's one of the co-camp leaders of Nightcrawler. She runs the Wasteland group of Nightcrawlers. So That was fortuitous. Yeah. Through <laughs> that, and I'm like, damn, I wonder if there might, if I put two characters together, if I draw two characters together who actually don't, the people actually don't like each other, <laughs> will I get shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Because like I, I I don't know that happens a lot because I'm I'm pretty oblivious and I feel like uh if there is shit or issues that if someone doesn't tell me who's who I'm like I don't because I don't know names I I don't I'm not good at paying that close of attention but if someone lets me know then I'll be like all right cool uh, that is now headcanon. yeah but I need to know <laughs> I need to know stuff <laughs> I have coworkers that they, I guess there's gossip being done. They're told about the, and you know, what? it's funny because this episode is going to come out so far in the future that maybe the gossip is going to be done and someone quits or either gets fired. Who knows? I don't know what happens now. <laughs> but at the time of the recording, there is drama, and they said, uh, they started telling me who was involved in the drama, and I have no idea who it is because I'm just there to get a paycheck and go mm -hmm. home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I do want to mention, I do want to ask you, uh, what has been some of your favorite experiences at the various events? Um, it's so it's so hard to pick some because there's so many. I think I got I think I, because Neotropolis is so is so present and top of mind right now. Last year's Neotropolis was another chance I took. Same way that I, I started the camp for in 2017 for Utopia. Um, I took a bunch of anime convention people again, who some of them had camp before, some of them had had been members of my camp before, but for the most part had never done either. Um, I took 12 or so, 13 or so people out to the desert for Neotropolis, which is an event that never happened before. And we had a very ambitious project, which was this emotion spa. Uh, I had never worked with the Wasteland staff before. And so I didn't really know what to expect from like the back end as, as being like a camp leader in in this space. And when we when we got placed, we got placed in the most popular part of the 
event. We got placed right in front of the Atomic Cafe, which is the bar that is run by the event itself. Um, so we are we were right next to the Atomic Cafe. So when we got placed, we're like, oh man, we really have to deliver because we are in the most high traffic spot of the city. Um, and I was nervous, but the team that I brought last year and the thing that we were able to, we had so many problems when we showed up, we were relying on certain like bars of the scaffolding to be there um, because in Neotropolis, if you're in mega block one, you get scaffolding that is already in place and you just, you decorate your block and you make your block what's happening. You don't have to build it from scratch. And so when we showed up, there were bars that we thought were going to be there that weren't be there. There were things that weren't as uh, all the right measurements that we thought. And we had made, we had brought walls with us to put up to make our space look what we envisioned it to. So on site, the night before Neotropolis opens to the public, we are, we are staying up all night with like our flashlights and figuring stuff out. And my campers did amazing. Everyone gave 110% in their interactions with people who came by and working the booth and putting the booth together in problem solving. Um, it was just, I was so, 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 so impressed with what the, that team did. And the impact we had on the event was amazing. Like people really, people loved our offering so much that we would open up our wait list at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. whenever we opened that day. And we were booked for the whole, for the whole day. And then people would wait for hours just to like get into our experience. And we made so many people cry, which in a good way. Um, and I was just like, I love, I love making people like we were doing what we were saying we were doing. We will make you feel. And I love making people like feel strong emotions. And that's been from my personal projects. That's one of my favorite things to do. Um, so having people have these emotional experiences and something that we created and um, then come out and then we were approached by the medical staff from the event and they said people keep telling us about your booth and we want to mark you off as like a safe space at the event and you know what this is all terrible because we were supposed to be bad guys we were supposed to be bad corporate people and we're over here making people feel good and we're a safe space <laughs> so i'm like we achieve the exact opposite of being the bad corpos <laughs> Are you sure about that? Because I feel like uh, if you, if if your competition is people who are trying to make business fake, and you're competing with that to give them something real, depending on the uh, the event and the universe that you're trying to create, yeah. giving someone someone actual emotions is a bad thing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, so it really felt like magic out there. I felt like we created something beautiful and seeing how much everyone stepped up. Like there was one of the days where I couldn't, I didn't make it to my shift in the morning because we took shifts working in the booth because I had like, I'd eaten something and I was not feeling great. Um, so my my campers covered for me and it just, they, they were a really wonderful group to camp with. And especially for all of them being so new to anything like that, they like knocked it out of the park. So. What what words of advice would you give to someone who might want to organize their own thing but feel kind of intimidated by the idea? Um, if it's at an event, I would say do what you're doing this year is attend first. Um, I, we we did that last year because it was the first neo, but it was the first neo for everybody. So we're like, okay, if we're terrible, like nobody knows what they're doing, so it works. And I I had had experience running things in other events, so I wasn't as nervous stepping into that space but attend it first 
and find mentors. Um, I, when I was starting my first Burning Man camp, I had spent years before that asking people how they run their camp. I got so much helpful advice, helpful documents. Uh, or Google Sheets or Excel Sheets are God. And when you're running an event, <laughs> I have so many uh, write everything down, but that's just, that's my brain. But um, that's the only way I keep organized. And um, yeah, definitely ask and find mentors, find people who are used to it. Everyone has really great advice uh, with the good and the bad. <laughs>